0: Gollum. And so I lied to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident K U C I Middle Earth elf. Welcome to the show today. What would Arwen do? This is the show where we celebrate all things Middle Earth. J R R Tolkien. We celebrate literature and community and friends and caring for the environment service to others, music, the arts, all things that elves care deeply about. We broadcast from the University of California in Irvine, and you can visit us on our website at www.kuci.org where you can find information about all of our programming and our public affairs shows, and you can listen online because... Not only do we broadcast in most of Orange County with our mighty 200 watts, but we also broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week through iTunes and through our website. So you can see the little icon up in the right-hand corner, kci.org. If you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you, and you can send me a, an email at ask. An elf at yahoo.com. Ask at yahoo.com, and you can find podcasts and information about this show and all of the public affairs programs of KUCI at www.kuci.talk.org, or just go to our homepage and look for archives and podcasts. If you are tuning in for the first time, you might be wondering what this show is all about. Well, as I mentioned, this is where we celebrate all things Middle Earth. And where we ask the question, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, what would her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? So I like to ask... A lot of times, hmm, what would Arwin do? And today we'll be asking, what would Arwin do with regards to an area of our ecology relating to trees? I'm very excited because just a little bit later in the show, my very special guest will be Sean Berry, who is a uh, spokesperson and the uh, director of media relations for the Arbor Day Foundation. And Arbor Day, uh, their website is uh, arborday.org if you want to zip on over there before uh, the interview to see what they're up to. But uh, we'll be talking about a lot of things today. Um, A lot of wonderful resources that they have on the website about how to identify trees, what kind of trees should you plant around where you live, um, how to become a tree campus, which UC Irvine here is a designated tree campus. We have thousands and thousands of wonderful trees here. You can find out about um, helping with um, reforesting and replanting our national forests. So I hope you will stay tuned uh, for that interview coming up a little bit later in the program. Um, I wanted to share a little bit with you today from the work of J.R. Tolkien. But first, I wanted to... Well, Tolkien loved trees. If you've read his works, The um, Hobbit, uh, the um, dwarves and Gandalf were rescued by the eagles out of the trees. That's how they um, scampered up there from the goblins. But especially in The Lord of the Rings... And in the Silmarillion, which is the history of the elves and all of the back history, actually, for all of the stories of Middle-earth, but in the Silmarillion, in the creation story, originally, well, there were two towers that were built as lights, and Melkor knocked them down, and then Yavanna created the two trees. And what did I do with my books? So I was going to share some reading with you today from the works of J.R. Tolkien and we'll hear from the professor himself as well. And um, but there were the two trees. There was the tree that Luthien and Beren, of course, the great romance love story in The Silmarillion, the precursor to Aragorn and Arwen uh, where her father puts her, locks her up in a tree where she can't get out, but by her cunning and her arts, Luthien weaves, um, her hair grows long and she lets it down and puts the um, soldiers to sleep and escapes down the tree. Kind of a little Rapunzel type of story. And then, of course, the Galadrim, the, the people of Galadriel, all live in the trees of Lothlorien, and, of course, the wood elves were very adept at getting up in the trees. We see uh, that as their... Um, Legolas, you know, is able to just kind of clamber up the the trees when they meet up with the Lothlorien folk. And then, of course, there's the, the deep woods, the old woods. There's the um, old... Um, oh, it uh, completely escapes me that... Um, uh, got the hobbits and put them down in his roots and Tom Bombadil had to come and rescue them. And um, that was not a very nice tree. And then, of course, Treebeard and Bregeled, who were very instrumental in rousing the Ents to come to the aid uh, during the last portion of the Lord of the Rings in the War of the Ring. Uh, during, leading up to the War of the Ring, or actually us it would be part of the War of war of the ring mm-hmm. <laughs> all of those events so um there's a wonderful song that i wanted to play for you that is a beautiful song about trees and about um our love for them and um it's um it's called Body portmore and it was actually originally it's an old irish song but it was featured in the movie highlander sung by lorena mckenna whose version is my personal favorite, but Lorena is uh, pretty well known, and we here at KUCI don't play any mainstream artists because we want you to know about all of the other great people out there who are making great music, uh, songwriters, musicians, artists. And so I found this uh, beautiful version of Bonnie Portmore on YouTube by Laura Creamer, and it's actually um there's a youtube called deforestation the world in our hands and it has some very interesting images that uh, you might care to look at and the uh, music is it to it is laura creamer's um version of bonnie portmore so while i'm getting the reading ready i'm going to play this for you and i hope you will enjoy it it's a beautiful song oh um, and Lorena has this to say. She has, um, actually, Bonnie Portmore. I think Bonnie Portmore is on her CD, The Visit. I believe it's, there's also a beautiful live version on her um, Live in Toronto CD. But uh, what she says about this wonderful tree... Bonnie Portmore is that, she says, the destruction of old growth forests has become an important conservation issue in recent years, but it is not a new phenomenon. Over the centuries, many of Ireland's old oak forests were leveled for military and shipbuilding purposes. Only recently has there been an effort to reestablish these great hardwoods. The great oak of Portmore stood on the property of Portmore Castle, on the shore of Lough Beg, And um, I don't know if you know it, but the oak has been designated the National Tree of America. So you, f- you can find out information about that on the Arbor Day Foundation website. So here we're going to hear... Um, so again, if you want to check this out, this is a nice video on YouTube. It's called Deforestation, The World in Our Hands, uh, by... Um, Looks like "Lug Long Arm. It's had over 40,000 views, so I think it's going to be pretty good. And with Bonnie Portmore sung by Laura Creamer, this is KUCI in Irvine. Dreamer. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuville, and this is What Would Arwen Do? And today we're celebrating trees, and in about five minutes, my very special guest will be Sean Berry, a spokesperson for Arbor Day Foundation. And uh, before then, I was going to let you hear a little bit. Um, well, J.R.R. R. Tolkien's Marching Song of the Ants, but some people, I just wanted to, I mean, we all kind of know what trees are, they're beautiful, but I wonder if you know some things about trees. The first tree evolved over seven hundred and three hundred and seventy million years ago in the form of Ar- Archaeopterus, complete with a woody trunk, branches that attach themselves to the trunk in the same way as modern trees, and a root system. Um, it's the arrival of Ar- Archaeopterus is a widespread plant form played a critical part in the Earth's developing ecosystem, filtering out the high levels of carbon dioxide present in the atmosphere at that time and creating conditions in which new land animals could evolve. Yay! That's how we can be here. <laughs> so um, it says that throughout the subsequent era trees continued to thrive and evolve conifers tree ferns and ginkgo trees appeared during the triassic era 245 to 208 million years ago and um has some this is also this is actually a wonderful book called the tree wonder of the natural world it's a giant book with giant pictures oops i just knocked something on the floor um not a lot not a lot of room here in their little studio for big picture books um But there was some wonderful, wonderful um, information just about trees. You know, trees take in... um, The leaves on a tree's branches are the way in which the tree creates food for living and growing. Leaves contain chlorophyll, a green pigment which absorbs light energy from the sun. This energy is then turned by the leaves into food through photosynthesis. It's like magic. Uh, During which the leaves absorb carbon dioxide and emit oxygen. So that's how we get the oxygen that they uh, make for us. Isn't that wonderful? Um, some of the largest trees are over a thousand over uh, thousands of years old. I was trying to find that little part about the oldest trees. Uh, let's see useful trees. Um, the oldest trees, they thought that the oldest trees were the um, um, uh, sequoias, but apparently there's actually older trees. Oh, I had this marked. I thought. Oh well. Um. There's some that are like 5,000 years old. Okay, California is home to the oldest known living individual trees. A grove. A gro- yeah, this is it. a grove of bristlecone pines growing in the White Mountains of California. Uh, Dr. Schumann spent over 20 years studying, and in 1957 he discovered many of them were over 4,000 years old. Isn't that amazing? They're still there. While one of them, known as Methuselah after the long-lived prophet in the Bible, is considerably older, having reached well over 4,700 years old. Um, The largest single living thing on earth, in terms of volume, is also a tree a giant redwood known as General Sherman in California Sequoia National Park, which stands 271 feet tall and has a diameter of 27 feet. And, um... Yep. It's, it doesn't say how old it is, though. But, um, pretty good thing about trees. Uh, Sean is going to be calling at any moment, so I'm going to play for you. J.R.R. R. Tolkien... With the Marching Song of the Ents, uh, toward the end of our conversation, we'll hear um, the, um, from the Two Towers. We're going to hear Isengard Unleashed, Howard Shore's award, Academy Award-winning music. And, um, but here's the professor, and I will be back in a few moments with more What Would Ar Would Do? This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe.
1: Then with a crash came a great ringing shout. Ra, Hum, ra! The trees quivered and bent as if a gust had struck them. There was another pause, and a marching music began, like solemn drums. And above the rolling beats and booms, the swell of voices singing high and strong: Taroo, Tahora, The ants were coming, and ever nearer, louder rose their song. Da hurahara hara da lamma da da mundo da runda da mundo lamba mundo tom. Then Brigand picked up the hobbits and strode from his house. To Isengard the Ents cried in many voices. To Isengard, to Isengard, the Isengard be ringed and barred with doors of stone. The Isengard be strong and hard and cold as stone and bare as bone. We go, we go, we go to war to hew the stone and break the door. For bowl and bough are burning now, the furnace roars, we go to war. To land of gloom, with tramp of doom, with roll of drum, we come, we come. To Isendard, with doom, we come, with doom, we come, with doom, we come.
0: And that is J.R.R. R. Tolkien reading from The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, The Ent's Marching Song. And in uh, just a moment, my very special guest, Sean Barry, spokesperson and um, director of media relations for the Arbor Day Foundation. And if you'd like to visit their website while we're here on the air, I wish that you would. It's arbordayfoundation.org. There are so many resources there, so many ways to get involved and things that will be helpful to you in your homes, in your communities, and um, yeah. So, ArborDayFoundation.org, they also have, in case you didn't know, that there is a um, tree a tree farm. So, let's see, I believe Sean is here. Sean, are you there?
2: Uh, I am here, yep, uh, and uh, a lot to talk about. That. Quick correction, though, it is just ArborDay.org. There's no foundation uh, in the oh, website. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Just that's... to make sure people get that right, not a problem.
0: Wonderful! Thank you for clarifying that. I knew that. I was thinking about that this morning, then I noticed it. So yes, ArborDay.org. That's
2: right.
0: Super. And um, I'm trying to get um, technology is my friend. I'm trying to get my um, up here on the uh, on the screen here because there's so many. There's no way I could print out all these wonderful pages of all the things that are here on the website. Could you tell our listeners just a little bit about the Arbor Day Foundation, what it is that you guys are up to over there in Nebraska, is it?
2: Uh, sure, yeah. We, we are based in Lincoln, Nebraska, and some people might not know that the um, Arbor Day holiday was founded in the state of Nebraska in 1872 mm. uh, by J. Sterling Morton, who is a, a native Nebraskan, and uh, we were founded as a foundation uh, during the centennial year of, of that initial Arbor Day celebration in 1972, and probably a good way to summarize what we're about is we're about trying to bring that spirit of tree planting and stewardship to all 365 days a year and not just that that one day a year so that's kind of our focus and so everything that we do from a programmatic level and everything on the website kind of stems from our core mission of we inspire people to plant nurture and celebrate trees and so uh, so that's our focus that's why we were founded Um, our, our founder and chief executive is still active and Mm -hmm. in the management of the company um, for the last 40 years. And uh, people have probably interacted with us in a number of different ways, uh, whether it's uh, through the Tree Nursery online. Um, People might have heard about the Tree City USA program, which has been around a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a newer program called Tree Campus USA that uh, works with college campuses. So a number of different ways that we interface with uh, partners, corporate sponsors, and individuals and members who, who want to support that mission.
0: Yes, well, I love your, um, your little tagline. We inspire people to plant, nurture, and celebrate trees, because I yep. love to celebrate trees. Um, I live, I'm very fortunate to live in a place where we have green belts, and we have lots of tall trees. Right. And if you don't have tall trees where you live, the songbirds don't come. The songbirds don't go in those little short trees. <laughs>
2: No, they don't, and, and there are a lot of benefits to having um, old, mature trees, and I, I think sometimes you see, you read about the negatives or the or the risks of having larger trees, but um, I think people who, who live in those areas or shop in those areas or, or spend time in those areas um, know what the benefit is of just just living in a in tree-rich uh, environment. It, it really does does bring a lot to our lives, whether we think about it or not.
0: Yes. Well, I was um, visiting, uh, you know, around on the website earlier, and I noticed um, the designation as the oak as the national tree. Um, right. That, that was pretty cool. Now, was that in 2004? And y- you guys were quite um, active in that, weren't you?
2: Yeah, that, that was several years ago. We haven't done a contest like that um, since, and that, that was actually uh, served a number of purposes for us. I mean, we were looking for a way to engage the country sort of get people more aware of what we were doing and also get our website more on the map since um, we drew people to the website to vote in that contest. So uh, that was something where uh, we got some great media publicity, some great levels of participation and resulting in the designation of of the oak tree as America's Tree. So that sort of put some of our programs on the map and also put our website on the map as a resource um, for people wanting to plant trees of their own or learn ways that they can support some of the other things we've been doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things that I love that you have on your website um, for just helping, you know, everyday people like yeah. myself and homeowners and community members is um, you've got a little tree identification that little says, what, what tree is that? Right. That uh, can actually help people. Because I walk around a lot and I see trees with all these different leaves and I think. What, tr- what kind of a tree is that, or is that the same as a, you know, is that a beech, or is that a birch, or is that a, right. you know. And um, so that's that's very cool. And also, don't you have um, something, I'm kind of getting around here, that helps people to decide what kind of trees they should plant when they're, when they're you know, um, planting their landscaping in their homes?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a few resources. Uh, for that, and uh, if uh, folks visit the arborday.org slash trees section and our tree nursery and tree lookup section is the most visited part of our site. so that's how a lot of people interact with us online. And a number of different ways people can can use that um, by entering your zip code, you can learn more about what hardiness zone you're in, which helps determine what trees are going to be best for your climate um, for for where you live. And then we also have uh, some resources we like to talk about, right tree in the right place, uh, by which we mean uh, be smart about where you plant your tree, making sure that it's it's not uh, running into uh, someone else's property or, or your home or utility lines, uh, choosing the right kind of tree, as we said, for your climate, uh, something that's a good fit for a residential area, something that's uh, going to bring you those benefits, whether it's shade and, and beauty and, and other other things, uh, we can help you with that and and there are a lot of resources uh, on the website that that can help people determine what's going to be a good fit for for their yard or or for whatever uh, event they're participating in.
0: Yeah, and I think that's very important. I I would really um, ask people to consider checking that out because well, um, the house that I had um, we had this little tiny patio in the back and it was lovely but three giant eucalyptus trees (laughs) and um, I don't even know how they managed to get them all in there, but we we were able to save them for quite a long time um, just by, you know, trenching around them and, you know, making sure that they were stable and everything, but they they certainly, and I'm sure when people, you know, put like a little tiny tree into the um, ground, they don't really think about the long-term effects of it and uh, the impact that it has on the trees, the impact it has on your property and your plumbing and um, even, you know, as you mentioned, getting into your neighbor's yard and and that type of thing. So um, even like with ficus tree, we had this beautiful ficus tree and I loved it where I live now. But um, it was bringing up the patio and the lady that I lived with had to have it taken out because it was, it was taken up the patio and it was also kind of going underneath into the foundation of our next-door neighbors. So um, it was such a gorgeous tree and it absolutely broke my heart to
2: have to yeah, take that yeah, tree out. Yeah, i'm bad to hear. And, you know, a lot of older trees, they really do take on a life of their own. And, um, and we obviously encourage people to, uh, when they can, uh, you know, prune responsibly and, and take care of that tree. Sometimes trees do have to be taken down, and, and that can be really sad, especially if it's such a you know prominent part of your yeah. neighborhood. And, and uh, so, so it, that does have to happen sometimes. But if there are other solutions, we encourage that. And right. and we also, I mean, people sort of think of us as a tree planting organization, but we're also a tree care organization. And so, uh, planting is the first step, but. Um, that's not the end of the story. Um, you know, there's a the continued role for, for proper pruning and, and maintenance, and that helps make sure that we can fully enjoy the benefits uh, of trees without uh, without some of the risks. And, and trees in urban areas, because they are competing with concrete and property and utility lines and all these other right. other factors that that aren't part of the original well, landscape. You could say, you know, we, in urban forestry, that that care element is critical.
0: Right now, um, are y- is Arbor Day the uh, the originator of the Tree Campus program?
2: Oh, we, we are. We, we did launch that, and I mentioned it earlier, uh, modeled somewhat after the Tree City USA. So we started that in 2008, um, and we receive uh, sponsorship from Toyota. It's very engaged mm. on the uh, sustainability element and, and the engaging younger people. So it's really a nice way to uh, to work with it a different group of people that we might not reach through our other programs. And, and we had uh, last year 152 colleges and universities uh, recognized as, tree, as a Tree Campus USA. Oh. And, and so I've seen some really, really nice growth over the last uh, few years. And we also uh, do usually a handful between five and ten um, events on college campuses uh, where a couple of our staff members show up and we work with the staff to Uh, to do sort of a campus-wide tree planting. And most campuses do something like that uh, on their own, whether we're directly involved or not. Mm -hmm. And just a great way for students to really uh, get their hands dirty and and, and appreciate um, uh, the the service opportunity and and also what trees can bring to their campus. I was on a campus in uh, Florida, Florida Gold Coast University, last January. Uh, They were just so... Uh, eager to get these trees they have i mean it gets very hot and and humid down there Mm -hmm. they had this campus quad that was one of the most heavily trafficked parts of campus but there was nowhere to to sit Um, even just walking across uh, that quad people would just get uh, just sweaty and exhausted from Mm. from the weather and so uh, it'll take a number of years for the trees to reach maturity but just having that uh, really just adds so much to that campus and just Seeing how much they appreciated that addition was was really gratifying.
0: Yeah, and I bet it was very special for the students, knowing that if it didn't necessarily impact them, you know, in a few years um, they've left something really cool for the students that are coming after them.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Yeah. wow. And so 152 campuses last year. I think uh, UCI just got its designation maybe last year as well. Um, I love that on the website at um, arborday.org, you have a section called Tree Campus USA, and there's actually um, some resources there for students Um, because sometimes people listen in through podcast or through the internet here to our radio station and our shows and um, so for our listeners or students that might be in other um, college campuses they can go on your website right and get isn't there like a little toolkit or something they can download
2: Uh, there is yeah so anyone listening who's on a college campus that uh, doesn't participate in the program and, and might be interested we do have resources about how to apply and and just some more information about that, that mm-hmm. process, and we, we definitely encourage people to, to take a look.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. And, um, gosh, there's just so many things to talk about. I um, After I talked to you, I went on the website and noticed uh, the Arbor Day Farm. Um, yeah. What's that about? There's a 50-foot treehouse that kids can climb, and is it kind of like a a day retreat kind of thing? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, well, yeah, it kind of serves a lot of different purposes. So, Arbor Day Farm, we we have uh, the actual farm component, where which is part destination for for children and, and families, and just vis- visitors who want to uh, be in that environment. So, we have some children oriented uh, activities like the tree adventure, and and just some other neat little ways to engage with with nature. And um, and we also have um, a number. We have a number of orchards. Um, we actually mm-hmm. have probably. More varieties of apple growing at Arbor Day Farm than you could find in one place uh, on, on most properties, and so so that's a, an event. Usually in the fall, people come into apple picking um, mm. from the region and 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 learn about species of apples they never knew existed in, in very <laughs> odd shapes. Oh. Um, so 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 it's a great destination, a great resource for people in the area or people visiting Nebraska. And then we also have uh, the Lead Lodge Conference Center located at Arbor Day Farm, um, which is both. Uh, open to general uh, visitors for, for leisure stay or for or whatever they might suit them. But but we also particularly uh, market ourselves toward um, conservation groups, organizations, and, and agencies that are looking for a uh, convention space or a place for a retreat. And um, and it's just really a great space for that kind of idea sharing and, and a way to get off-site and, and share ideas. So we, we market it especially for that. And so, so it's just a nice r- retreat and a way to, to put some of our ideas that we talk about in our programs into action and bring them to life uh, for people that are able to visit.
0: Wonderful. Now, I know you have um, memberships also where people can become members of the Arbor Day Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what that's involved? Don't they get some trees with membership?
2: Yes, yeah, so we, we do have every month we send out a new uh, invitation for people to, to join the foundation and um, and it's just for a small fee to to become a member and enjoy some of those benefits, uh, which includes um, 10 uh, trees of, of a person's choice, and we offer a suggestion for, for that month and, and tailor that to, uh, to where the potential member lives. And so the person would, as we discussed before, enter their zip code and, and find out uh, what would work for, for their own community. And then also new members um, get access to our, our newsletter that comes out every two months and, and also that uh, what tree is that. Uh, resource and, and the tree book that we talked about. So, mm. um, in addition to getting those trees, we want to make sure people know how to plant them and care for them, and also if, if it piques their interest to learn more about other tree species and and uh, and use those resources for for however they like.
0: So, the you actually mail ten little trees? Are they are they seeds? Like, because I, I was noticing with the eight, the oak tree that all. Uh, it says all oak trees grow from acorns and they can live for centuries. So, um, but do you send out? So, you, do you send out something like that, or do you actually send out like a little baby tree in the mail? Yeah, it's
2: sort, it's sort of a tiny tree, and, and so um, mm. so that comes in a little tube, which is recyclable, and uh, and then they, you know, and, and obviously people know, that, you know, a tree takes uh, takes time, and and so uh, as I said, it, you know, we really emphasize the care element. But yeah, they, they mm-hmm. come in kind of a tiny. A container with, with instructions as we said on, on how to get planted.
0: Wow. So <clears throat> you're also involved with um, some of the programs for replanting the national forests. Right. Could could we talk a little bit about that? Because I think that some people don't actually realize the uh, almost crisis situation that we're in with regards to our replanting our national forest because we've had so many wildfires and a lot of the funds that would normally go to replanting are just going to putting out fires and that type of thing. Could we talk a little bit about that?
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure listeners that have noticed that 2012 was a particularly um, problematic year for wildfires, uh, with the Colorado fires that spread to parts of New Mexico and and Utah. So that's an ongoing challenge. And so what we do in this program, the replanting our national forest, is that we work directly with uh, the U.S. Forest Service and and increasingly with uh, state uh, departments of forestry as well. Um, And then we we go to some of our corporate partners and and members who want to make uh, larger donations. And, and we are able to financially support some of this work, and then the Forest Service uh, or the state forestry officials will do the replanting uh, based on the highest-need areas. And so that's really run the gauntlet um, across the country. And we, we usually have a couple of, of particular forests uh, that we target. Um, last year, for instance, uh, we did some replanting in Six Rivers National Forest, uh, which is up in kind of the northeast corner of, of California, and, um, just just a really uh, great place to visit and a resource but a resource that we have to invest in and and so uh, even without these wildfires and these other challenges um, you know disease and infestation is another one and, and one of the issues that I think we talked about earlier was um, because we've had some warmer winters and some of the impacts of, of climate change um, oftentimes the colder winter will actually kill off some of the pests mm. and so uh, giving the trees more space to, to breathe and, and survive into the spring. Mm-hmm. With a warmer winter, the pests end up surviving mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year, and so that creates a lot of problems for the Forest Service and for for uh, for forest managers. And so, uh, we're just having to keep up with some of these these crises and, and challenges. And so, um, so this is really just a large scale effort to try to at least, uh, I think, at this point, frankly, tread water and just make sure we're replacing what we're losing and, and also managing these resources effectively.
0: Yes. Now, um, so all these little trees that you help to replant the forest, do you grow those in Nebraska? Where do those come from?
2: Well, with this particular program, we're we're mostly, uh, we're not actually growing the trees themselves, although we do grow some trees at Arbor Day Farm. Mm -hmm. And then we also, when it comes to member trees and some of those programs, we also have some nurseries that we contract with throughout the country. So uh, mm-hmm. but in terms of the national forest that's usually that's usually left to the, the Forest Service and, and those professionals and we help with bringing attention to the issue and also bringing in some, some private funding to make sure they can do those projects.
0: Oh, oh great, because I was like, what, where do all those little trees come from?
2: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, most of them not from us, although we, we do contribute yeah. where we can, both on the farm and, and with some of the other nurseries that we work with.
0: Yeah. And so a lot from nurseries, or do they? can they also go into, like, a surrounding forest and bring, like, smaller trees that might not, you know, survive because a certain amount, you know, Fall by the wayside and take some of those. Like to kind of um, what, what you would call, um, you know, take some thin them out and use some of those to replant.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that for sure. I mean, that's, that's probably a question to ask someone with the Forest Service. I do know that with some of these projects, they're really trying to be strategic about the same principles we talk about with member trees of uh, just making sure you you plant wisely and and pick mm-hmm. a species that's going to be versatile and. and able to survive, and in some cases, that's planting something different than what was there before, because the climate has changed, and and the pests have changed, and the risk of wildfire has changed, and so so the Forest Service folks are really smart about what they plant and and where, um, because if they're going to put something back in the ground, they want that to be something that's going to survive.
0: Yes. Now, you also have some wonderful things on your website um, for gift-giving, because I know um, it's January, and of course, we just came out of the major... Are you there? Oops, I think I may have just lost Sean. Hopefully he will call back. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but until he calls back, and I will um, answer the phone then, um, I will tell you about some of the things that they have. <clears throat> Sean, if you're listening, please uh, please give me a call back, and we can pat you back in here. Um, there's something here... Um, called Plant Trees in Memory this is uh, give a lasting memorial to the ones that you love and of course the month of love is coming up uh, in February The um, oh, there he is just a second here Shani there oh, that's okay that's alright I'm going to patch you back in here Okay, there. Are you there? Oops. Are you there?
2: Uh, I'm here. Can oh, you hear wonderful.
0: me? Yep, yeah, I can now.
2: Great. Just <laughs> um, some technical difficulties there. Yeah,
0: no, that's all right. Um, so I was just mentioning that um, on the website that there are some um, gift-giving ideas, especially the plant trees in memory, um, which is really nice, you know, because we're coming up into the month of love here, uh, February. Right. And uh, so could you talk a little bit about maybe some of the gifts that people could give? I mean, I, I know for me, I would much rather um, my sweetheart give me, go plant some trees in my name than uh, give me a box of chocolates that's going to make me fat and unhappy. Right. <laughs> but also planting trees and memories for, you know, people that maybe have lost people this last year. Um, could you talk a little bit about some of your um, ideas for gift giving here?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So there are a few different options, and um, and this can be found uh, on the main page on ArborDay.org uh, under under gift, uh the gift ideas mm-hmm. section. And so uh, trees in memory is, is one of them, and uh, we also have trees in celebration, which is uh, which is a great gift giving option. And, and both of these, the uh, the recipient will receive uh, a certificate or, or just just sort of a nice visual that explains the forest where the trees being planted in the person's honor and. Um, and so it's just a nice way to uh, give somebody a, something that is of that is value, but in a different way uh, because it, you're, you're giving back to our, our forests. Another uh, related option is, um, is our Gifts Trees program, and, and that's uh, a little bit different because the, the card can actually be customized. You can put in your own text. And so it's just kind of depending on what, what you're looking for, but, but in either case, um, you know, either you're giving the person the tree directly to plant uh, with, with the gift tree program, or with some of these other, other options, uh, we're going to plant the tree in a national forest, and we'll mm. plant that tree in honor of the recipient. So, I'm um, just a lot of nice ways uh, to give gifts in a, a kind of a, a less traditional uh, way, I guess you could say.
0: Right, right, yeah, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I would love the. I mean, and how beautiful is that to think about a tree in a, a forest? Um, that lasts a lot longer than a bouquet of flowers, or <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: anything yeah. like that, yeah, that's wonderful. And so there's a they um, through the website they can do this all through your website at um, ArborDay.org.
2: Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's all there. So, uh, and like I said, under the gift ideas uh, section. So mm-hmm. I just scroll down to there, and you know, there's some links to the trees in memory, trees in celebration, um, give a tree program and give trees and just explains a bit more about how that works.
0: And the give a tree cards, um, that every right. card plants a tree?
2: Uh, right, right. So the, the card is a similar uh, format, and, and that's a little more flexibility about how you want the card to look and what you want the text to have in it, but mm-hmm. um, but similar to the trees in memory or trees in celebration, we're going to plant a tree in honor of that person, and, and we'll explain to the extent that the gift giver would like uh, where that tree is going to be planted and, and what some of the benefits of it are going to be.
0: Oh, yeah, and I'm looking on here. These are beautiful cards.
2: They so. are, right? yeah, and there's a lot of great options for you know just whatever, whatever yeah. you're looking for.
0: Now, um, we're almost out of time, but I guess there's also a way, if people um, want to become involved as a volunteer, um, do they need to come to Nebraska? <laughs>
2: Well, uh, if they well, want to course. volunteer directly with us, uh, they would, but um, we're actually working on uh, trying to become more of a go-to resource for volunteer opportunities. So if people are looking for somewhere to volunteer, we actually have a, a volunteer center, uh, which, which is still growing, and so we're still trying to involve more organizations and really get that on the map. And uh, I hope this doesn't confuse people to introduce a new website, but that's actually at org okay. uh, slash volunteer. And the now is just sort of a, um, we want it to be seen as more of an active, what can I do today right. um, kind of thing. And, and so, um, so the Volunteer Center, we've uh, we've uh, formed a partnership with Volunteer Match, uh, which is a, uh, a pretty respected database for volunteer opportunities throughout the country and and what we've done with them is we've pulled opportunities that are related to tree planting or conservation in, in some form or another, and people can enter their information and just fill out a quick sign-up form and, and then look for an event in their area. And we're hoping as we get closer to both uh, Earth Day and Arbor Day in April that we'll have more events on that website, and it'll become more of a clearinghouse for people who say, what can I participate in today, and can oh, I find yeah. something close to where I live?
0: Oh, great, great. And in the meantime, though, um, one of the best ways that people can get involved with the work that you're doing is by becoming a member. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. And and visiting ArborDay.org and just learning more about our programs and uh, whether it's making a financial contribution or looking for a volunteer opportunity or just finding out whether your community is in Tree City, USA. If not, maybe they can learn more about that. Uh, If your campus is not involved in Tree Campus, USA, Resources for that, so a lot of different ways to, to learn about what we're doing and get more involved.
0: Great. Well, Sean, thank you so very much for coming on the program today and uh, sharing your time with us and uh, helping us learn more about trees. And because you know we share them with this planet, and we certainly appreciate them a lot. At least I do. Um, not only for their uh, shade and the things in the fruit, but just they're just their general beauty. So. Thank you very much for giving your life work in for the trees for us. So Thanks for having me. Okay, well, we'll talk soon, and thanks again. Okay? All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And that was Sean Berry, the uh, spokesperson and director of media relations for Arbor Day. Foundation and their website again is www.arborday.org. You can find out information about volunteering, about memberships, about memorial, a tree memorial, how to um, information about replanting our national forests. Um, becoming a tree campus or a tree city, all kinds of wonderful things, the tree farm, all of that can be found at their website at www.arborday.org. I am Tani Tanuvio. This is KUCI in Irvine. You've been listening to What Would Arwen Do? And a reminder that the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the elf host and her guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of KUCI, UCI, or the UC Board of Regents. Coming up in just a few moments, Blue and Gold Report, but uh, for now, we're going to hear a little from the Two Towers soundtrack, Academy Award winning soundtrack by Howard Shore. Of course, we all uh, or those of us who are Middle-earth enthusiasts love the new music that Howard Shore has created for the Hobbit movies. And um, I'll be getting out again to see the Hobbit movie. I've only seen it three times so far, so I've got to get my 2D viewing yet. But I hope to do that soon with some friends, and I hope you will too. And enjoy the amazing music and musical motifs that Howard Shore Created for so, I'm going to play for you today from the not the extended, the complete recording soundtrack, but from the original soundtrack, um, "Isengard Unleashed," which I think all we all remember once the Ents get roused to come to the aid of um, to come um, to Isengard, and um, I believe this is the right one, unless that's on. the Return of the... Nope, this is the one. <laughs> and I will be back next week with more fun, elvish fun, on What Would Arwen Do? So, until then, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And please stay tuned for Rachel Ray's cooking accident at 6, just after the Blue and Gold Report, all about UCI sports at 5 p.m. And... Um, This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth.